Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. My name is Kate Warman. I'm your host. And you guys, what a time to be alive and experiencing what we are experiencing right now in our world with the global COVID-19 pandemic happening right this very second. There are a lot of things you might be thinking or hearing or feeling, and I can imagine it might feel really overwhelming for you. I know it does for me, and I definitely do not have all the answers. However, right now, I just want to give you some space to feel whatever you are feeling. You actually might be experiencing some layers of grief. And my friend Therese, who you might remember, was on the podcast last December. She posted something on Instagram recently that I just loved about navigating through grief during this global pandemic. And I want to share that encouragement with you right now. You may have difficulty concentrating at the moment. You may be having a preoccupation with constantly checking the news. You might be in shock and denial that this is even happening. You might be upset with people or the media or the government. You might be bargaining with God on why this had to happen or why it's happening to you or why things are happening to a friend or to a loved one. You might be feeling depressed or afraid or even hopeless. And finally, amidst all of this, you may be getting to a place of true acceptance, trying to take each day as it comes. Whatever you're feeling right now, you are warranted to feel that way, my friend. And if you want some extra support, we'd love to offer a few things to you right now. First and foremost, friends, come join our collective community in our private Heart of Dating Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com forward slash heart of dating, navigate to the left-hand side of the page, click groups, and then you'll see our private community, which you can then request to join. If you're worried about how this pandemic is going to affect your relationships or your dating life, we want to hear from you. We want to encourage you and we want to pray for you. So first of all, join our collective community so that we can together encourage you. And then we also want to encourage you to come over to Instagram and follow us at at Heart of Dating and DM us. We are here to support you and we really want to do our best to bring you the most helpful support as well as content in the season. All right, now I want to transition into our latest episode for this week. I'm so excited to have had the privilege of bringing the wonderful Hannah Brencher onto the podcast. The irony of today's episode is that it's all about how online dating really does work, you guys. And with the current rules around social distancing and being at home, what better timing to talk about how to better online date, right? You guys, Hannah is filled with so much truth and wisdom, and she actually met her husband Lane on a dating app. Woo-woo! Hannah and I also debunk a ton of other Christian stereotypes today. It's such a fun conversation. So let me tell you a little more about who Hannah is. Hannah Brencher is a writer, TED speaker, and online educator with a heart for building leaders. Her second book, Come Matter Here, arrived in bookstores in May 2018. Her first book, If You Find This Letter, tells the story behind the social movement, More Love Letters. Since 2011, More Love Letters has spread to over 70 countries, all 50 states, and over 100 college campuses. Named as one of the White House's Women Working to Do Good, Hannah and her work have been featured in publications such as CNN World News, The Wall Street Journal, Oprah.com, and Glamour, among dozens of others. Hannah lives currently in Atlanta, Georgia, with her hubby, Lane. Y'all, today, this conversation with Hannah was so much fun. We just talked so real. 
And do me a favor right now. If you like this episode as you listen to it, will you screenshot your screen, share it on Instagram with us? During a time where we are all at home and practicing rest and social distancing, I'm so grateful that we can still serve you with podcasts, which can be listened to anywhere. So we would love to spread the word about this podcast to others as well. So please go ahead and screenshot this episode and post it and tag us on social media. Okay, without further ado, you guys, here's my combo with Hannah Brencher. Hannah Brencher, girl, I am so excited to have you on Heart of Dating today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I really feel like we are kindred soul sisters, girl. And <laughs> I say that sometimes with guests, but I really, like, really feel that with you ever since we had our first call. I think it was like a week ago now. I can't believe it. But I was yeah. like, we just connect. And we're both from Connecticut. Yep. I, I know the odds of that are wild. <laughs> No, it's such a small state. I was like 203 or like I recognize your area code. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I know that area code. <laughs> That's good. <Yeah. laughs> Amazing. I love that. Would you for anyone who doesn't know who you are, would you just start by maybe sharing a bit about who you are and the amazing things you do to touch the lives of so many people? Yeah, so um, I am a writer and an author and a TED speaker. I founded a company called More Love Letters, which is a global love letter writing company, um, which is a story in and of itself. But <laughs> that has really propelled me into a life of speaking around the country, at colleges, universities, churches, and writing two going on three books. So I just finished my third book that'll be out um, in January of next year. And so I would say of all the things that I do, writing is for sure my favorite thing, my heart, um, what I feel like I was just made to do. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I love, and we kind of talked a little bit about this. I am at the tail end of writing my first ever book. And yes. wow, what a journey. Like, <laughs> it's not easy. It is not easy. I also, I don't know what Enneagram type you are. I would love to find out, but I I will out myself. People listening know I'm an Enneagram three. And so when I signed the contract, I was like, oh yeah, I can write it in like four months or like six months. I was like, no big deal. And run a full-time business. I don't know what is normal, <laughs> Hannah, but I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. And now I'm coming up on it being due and I'm like, why did I do that to myself? I, well, to encourage you, I really, I am a four wing three oh, and I- yes. I 100% believe that you don't need longer than four months to write a book. I've written all three of my books on a four month deadline. Um, and some people think that that's crazy, but I think give me any extra time and I will just, I'm just going to stall. <laughs> that's true. And that's been like what it's been for me at the tail end. I've been like, uh oh, the deadline is looming. I don't feel inspired. It yep. feels so much pressure. And oh my gosh, it's like this ping pong of craziness going on in my brain. <laughs> You have to keep pushing through. Yes. So it's been stretching to say the least, but that's good to hear you say that. Like you could write a book in four months. All right. I feel more encouraged with that because I actually started later. <laughs> like I said, it was six months, but I didn't really start writing it till November. And so it really has been like four months. So, whew. Man, girl, it is, it's a marathon, but I love, I love the work you do. And I love knowing that you're a four. It makes so much sense. Just like reading reading your stuff and and even seeing your posts on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl has so much soul, has so much, like you do <laughs> such a beautiful, you have a beautiful way of expressing and sharing from Thank the you. heart. And I just love fours because I really think I have a high wing four, but any, any fours that I have in my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just love your poetic language and how you deeply think and feel. And it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's a blessing and a curse, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. it's great. Cause like you see things and you feel things that other people like just don't see in daily life. But also sometimes I wish I could just like shut it off. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Just don't feel right now. It's super yes, major yes. feels right. Just be the three. Yes. Be productive. Oh my gosh. I have the constant state of combativeness in my brain of like, this is not productive Kate to be this emotional. <laughs> My fitness. I love that. Yes. So that's that's my issue. But I love it. So fun talking about the Enneagram. Well, girl, I know you have such an interesting and unique and beautiful story. And a lot of that does include your dating and singleness journey. And yeah. you are now married, which is amazing. Yeah. 
what I'd love to start, I'm we're gonna get to like marriage, your current hubby, all the fun things, being pregnant, all I mean, awesome stuff. But it took a while to get there. And so I'd love to start like by sharing maybe a bit of kind of what that journey looks like for you, dating and singleness. Yeah. So yeah, it did. It felt like it took a while. And I, yeah, I started dating back when I was probably like 15, 16 years old, you know, yeah, had that like high school sweetheart. This is going to be the person I'm going to marry. Not so true. Um, (laughs) And didn't really like went on some dates in college, but kind of was like focused in my own lane of like doing my thing. And did that for a majority of like my 20s. So I wouldn't say that I like really dated anybody long term apart from my high school sweetheart, just because I kind of knew at that point what I was looking for. And I think you can spot pretty quickly if that person's it or not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was for me, I guess a little bit difficult in the sense of, I started when I was 22, this business and then became like my own boss and all of these things that I probably would have expected would have taken many more years for me to build up and get to that level. And so it became very tricky to figure out like how to date while also being like this girl boss entrepreneur, because I found that a lot of people were intimidated by that or maybe like you know, like didn't necessarily want to date somebody that was that strong or that empowered. And I think for a while that really was this lie in my head of like, oh, like I, I have to play small if I want this in my life. If I want to be able to fall in love and get married, then this part of me like needs to learn how to like be quiet in a sense. So yeah, I, I'm thankful to say now that like, that's not the case. And that totally was a lie. And like, there was somebody out there for me that wasn't intimidated by me and wasn't like waiting for me to play small or like not be on an even level with them, you know, Um, but it took a while to get to that place and to get to that person and to find somebody like with that level of maturity. Yeah. And that's such a hard narrative because I've lived in the South and, you know, I've also lived in big cities. I now live in LA and there's like in New York and LA, I lived in New York before this. It's much easier to find people who are like focusing on doing their careers and more quote unquote girl bosses. And, you know, but the hard part is we think that we have to pick a lane of like, I can only do my business or I can only try to get married. Like it's, I can't do both. And that's what I found hard in these cities is like, we put that off and then, you know, in our thirties, we're like, oh my gosh, wait, I, I actually do want to get married. Wait, I forgot. Like, you know, like Yeah. And I think, I do think it gets harder as you get older. I think you get, you get stuck in your way of doing things. It's harder to let somebody in. And so it's like that balance, but like, I totally get that from like living in New York city to then moving to Atlanta, Georgia and Atlanta still very much a city and very much like a transplant city. But I did feel like okay, here I am. And I'm 26 years old at the time that I moved to this city. And it feels like the South just has very different cultural values still embedded in their DNA. Like it's, you can totally girl boss it and like do your thing. But I think at the core of like what the South cares about, like marriage and family are very high values. Yeah, it's so true. And so many of my friends, even within the South, like it's like, you go to college to get your MRS degree and then <laughs> you graduate married, right? It's like, that is the goal. Yep. Yeah. And I experienced that when I went to college in Texas and not, I mean, I loved my school. I loved all the things, but it was like, I realized that a lot of the girls I was in classes with were all that serious about the, about the degree. And they were just more so like, I'm here to find someone. And I was like, I'm not yep. like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. And I, I think that's totally like, Cause it's still very much like when I visit colleges, like that's still very much a thing. And, you know, it's like, if that's, if that's your goal and that's what you're after, then great, go for it. You know? But I think too, like speaking to that group of women that like, maybe you have different aspirations or like you do want to own your own business or like be a part of a company or, you know, like I, I wish I could go back and tell that girl, like, Hey, like, 
you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Like you're not broken. You're not like not wanting the right things. And it's okay to want both. It's possible. Yes. It's so possible. My mentor said something incredible to me years ago. They were living on the East coast and about to, they, they felt like God was calling them to LA to start a church and their marriage, there were some things in their marriage they needed to work out. And they felt like, okay, it's either we start this church or we work on our marriage. It's not going to be both. And so they ended up deciding we're going to start this church and we'll just put the marriage on the back burner. What they learned in starting the church is like, oh, actually we could also work on our marriage. It's not God is like trying to bless one avenue or the other per se. Like God is the God of, he's bigger than that. Like he can work on building your church and work on your marriage. And I think the same thing is what she was telling me. She's like, Kate, don't think that God can't just work through you growing a business and make space for you to also date. Because I think that we kind of pick this lane of like, oh, if I'm only going to date, I can only date and I can't really have this like super solid, amazing career. And so I just need to find my man and get married. Or Okay, I'm choosing the career path so I can only do my career and build that for 10 years. And then I can be more I have then I can look for marriage. But neither I think both is kind of actually suppressing what our true desire is and not making space for God is bigger than all of that. Like you can move through multiple things at once, right? I totally agree. I think and I think that that continues to follow us like you get it's like, it happens with dating and then it happens with marriage. And like now, like being pregnant, like it's like that fear of like, oh, can I be a mom and still work? And it's like, yes, you, you're going to have to obviously work hard. It's going to be the hardest job that you've ever had. But at the same time, I don't know why we as a culture have to like enforce this idea of like, you can have one or the other, but you can't have both. Right. Exactly. And that comes to your point of like, if we are career women, I do think that for guys are like, we need to figure out how to be okay and not be, like be intimidated by that, you know, like for yeah. On, yeah. on the male side, for all the male listeners, you know, and I've done episodes about talking about the balance of feminine and masculine energy. And I do think that's a very real thing and something to pay attention to because I think in a healthy relationship, there's a balance of those two things, you know, and I think as women, as girl bosses, quote unquote, building businesses, Some of that requires a lot of doing energy, which is the masculine energy. So we're like doing, doing, doing. I got it. I'm delegating. I got all like I'm building. But to have all that same kind of intensity energy then bringing to a relationship, we just need a balance of some of the feminine, you know, which is also receiving. And that's what I've had to work on immensely being a single woman, strong single woman in her 30s, you know, like, how do I practice receiving and not practice telling the guy this is exactly how you need to do things? (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely yep yep (laughs) oh man girl so what I also love is in your younger years you and I were talking about that you wrote a blog post back in the day referencing just the way you kind of wanted to be pursued by a man and then someone commented on it would you be able to kind of share a bit about that and then transition that into like the irony of kind of what played out for you in dating after that? Yeah. So yeah, when I first started blogging, which I was 22 at the time, I think 21, 22, I wrote this blog post about how it was about love. And I was very much like a romantic at that time. Like I was like a (laughs) four, like untamed um, and like really not having any boundaries in that area. I like just let my feelings just drive everything. And I wrote this blog post about finding love and about how I was going to find love in real life. I was going to meet the person somewhere. I really thought like, okay, I'm going to be like movie serendipity or I'm going to meet somebody in aisle seven of the grocery store, which is what I said in the blog post. And just about how like, yeah, everything's getting more digital, but like, this is how my love story is going to play out. And (laughs) what I remember was this reader of mine who left a comment on the post and just basically said, like, listen, like, I, I, I know you probably mean well with this, but like, I met my husband online and our love story is no less special because we met online, you know, which I've carried that with me since that point of like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even stop to think that like, I might be like putting down somebody else's love story just because this is what I said I wanted. Yeah. And 
it's crazy because I, 26 years old, pack up my life and move to a new city. And when you're living in a new city, like you don't know people. So if you want to date, you're going to have to utilize something like a dating app, unless you want to go on a million blind dates that your friends sign, sign you up for. <laughs> and so I ended up, and I think at this point, I had definitely lived a little bit of life. I had tried Tinder before. I wasn't scared of online dating. Um, I'd actually like met some really great people through it. And so I had gotten on a dating app and 10 days later, I met the guy that I'm now married to. And so the irony of that story is that like, I didn't meet my husband in aisle seven of the grocery store. (laughs) I met him online through the power of the internet in a way that I totally never thought this is how I was going to meet somebody. But I think I've also learned through the process that it's like, okay, like that was the mode in which we met each other. But like, that's all it was. It was just an app that got us to meet in person. And then our relationship advanced from there. And so it's not like we lived out this whole entire relationship online. That's not what happened. Like it just got us to the point of connection and then we were able to take it from there. That's so good. And what I always say with online dating is like, it's just a way to expand your net of reach of people you, and I actually think it's great that we have A, the internet and B, now things like online dating because I'm like, wow, years ago, yeah, you can meet someone, but it, you know, you met somebody in your same town and usually like your parents knew them and you knew each other's families and there's nothing wrong with that. But it was like, you were probably marrying someone from like your same town. And that was it. The radius was pretty yeah. small. Oh, yeah. And if, if you've ever like read Aziz Ansari's book on dating. Yes, I have. I love it. Modern romance. And I love it. And I just, and I, and I would love to see like an even more updated version of it yeah. since that one was several years ago. And like the research obviously gets out of date really quickly. But like, I love how he talks about like, you would meet somebody like on your block and like yeah. that's who you would marry or you meet somebody at like the sock hop. And the interesting thing about that was that you nece- you didn't necessarily like maybe like love the person or have like the same kind of passion as you would if you had gotten a choice. And like so many people later in life were like, you know, I, I wish that I'd had an opportunity to meet someone outside of this, which is crazy, you know? Yeah. And there's like a beauty to one side of that of like, oh, you know, today we have so many options and that's like kind of detrimental in a capacity. But I think yep. <laughs> if we can, if we can combat the consumeristic mindset, because to me, it's all about like, I'm in this to still have healthy intentions. I'm not here to just meet a ton of people and have some validation filled and onto the next when it gets hard, right? Which is the consumeristic. Once I get bored of this onto the next, something new, shiny, Amazon Prime, a different man. You know what I mean? And like, that's what online dating can be. But what I I love about it is it gives us, if we can come at it with healthy intentions, it gives us the opportunity to just expand the reach of people that maybe aren't our next door neighbor or that our parents aren't like, to be honest, Hannah, I don't know if I'd want to marry the guy that my parents might no. set me up with. Like, that kind of freaks me I out. I wouldn't want to marry any of the kids I grew up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me neither. Me neither. You know, because I grew up in a smaller kind of town in Connecticut, right? And I then I since moved yep. into big cities. I've lived in Paris. I'm like, it'd be so different. Some of the people I, I lived with in Connecticut or even Ohio and I lived there, they've like lived there their whole lives. I've just traveled and I want someone who's adventurous and cultured. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, yeah. Not to say they all those people aren't, but I, I can imagine if I married just somebody that I grew up with that my parents set me up with, it would be very different. <laughs> very different. What? Yes. Yes. A completely different. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so many stigmas with online dating, but to your point of Aziz Ansari's book, like he basically references in there that like 30, almost 40% of people meet online. And those t- stats are to your point out of date a little bit because it was a few years ago. So this is incredible the way that people are meeting online and even in the Christian world. This isn't just non-Christians, like Christians, huge portion of Christians, definitely yeah. over 30% are meeting online as well. And us being Christian leaders, I'm sure you've heard a lot of different online stigmas and maybe even had some of your own. We'd kind of talked through a few, but I'd love to like maybe debunk even more. If you yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, I think about it now because I, I love to tell people that we met online. I love it because it shocks people. And I, 
I don't know why it shocks people because it's like way more common now than it was before and it gets more common every year but like I think that there's some kind of stigma that like God can't work through a dating app. I do not like as if like our God is not big enough that he's like, oh gosh, Tinder can't do it, you know? (laughs) Um, And I don't know, like, I, okay. So like, I definitely, and we talked about this like last week was, I think your heart has to be right. You need to go in with the right intention. If you go in because you were like hardcore looking for a husband and like you're kind of desperate, it might not be the best situation for you. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of options and it's it's easy to start treating people like commodities yes. on a dating app, almost like objectifying people because you can just swipe right or left. And, and ghost them if you don't want to talk to them, right? Exactly. You don't mm-hmm. want to talk. You don't respond to them. Like you move on. You know, it's very easy to just kind of take the feelings out of online dating. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's the same thing. Like if you meet somebody at a party and you guys start texting and you decide to ghost one another. Technology, I think, is the overarching thing we have to be careful of. But at the same time, like I think if you can go onto a dating app, you can set boundaries for yourself if boundaries need to be set. Like I would never tell somebody like to be on it all night or like to be on it to like four in the morning, you know, that's not healthy. And I would also say too, like be upfront with what you're looking for. Like don't go into it thinking, okay, well, if I just hide this part of myself, like this part of me that like loves God, wants a man of faith, if I hide that and then I'll bring it up later, like that's just not smart. It's not smart at all. And I think you have to lead with that. Like you don't have to like explicitly put it everywhere, but I definitely put in my profile that I was looking for that because then people have the freedom to say, okay, I'm not looking for that. And I think that like, I definitely made that mistake when I was like dating guys and faith was a really big part of my life, but I didn't share it with them because I thought if I shared it with them, they wouldn't want to date me anymore. Mm. Isn't that funny too, right? It's like, we think that and it's like, but wait, this is my core value. Why am I hiding a core (laughs) value that like is how I live my life? you know like yeah like I remember um I was probably like 23 years old when this happened that I met a guy at a wedding he was super sweet and super great and like would plan dates for us and like we lived in two separate cities so like we would meet halfway and I just remember thinking like man like I've gone on some dates with some Christians and and they haven't been this well planned or like this respectable or like they haven't made me feel like it's a grown up relationship in the way that I feel with this person. Um, but like, we never talked about faith and like faith was a new thing for me, but it was quickly becoming like the biggest thing in my life. And I just like, didn't bring it up to him. And eventually like I broke up with him because I knew from the conversations we didn't have that like, this wasn't a priority for him. And years later, my first book came out And he like went to the bookstore and got a copy of it and read the whole entire thing and then proceeded to send me a letter in the mail. And in the letter, he like basically called me out. Like he said like, hey, this was a huge thing in your life and it still is. And like, you never brought it up to me. And I wonder if that's the reason why we didn't move forward. And like, he just like called me out on that. Yeah, girl, I love that story. That's so good. I actually love that he called you out. I'm like, all right, man, let's, all right, dude. Right? <laughs> like, that was, that was pretty awesome of him. But I, I love that because I do think, and I, it's like, we have to own our desire. And so, there, like, being a Jesus follower is nothing to be ashamed of. And I think, to your point as well, there's a way to do it that's not like, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, with like every single question prompt and every single thing. And us reading our Bible is one of the photos on, the, on my profile and like everything, yes. right? It's like, we don't have to be over the top, but I do think own our desire, be upfront about it. I do ask people before I go on a date with them online 
like where they stand with God. I don't say just like, hey, so tell me your relationship with God. That seems a little intense. But usually. But you don't you also don't want to like waste somebody's time. Exactly. So I will find a way. This is one of my favorite questions to ask someone, actually. So usually I swipe right only if I at least see they've put Christian on their profile and to an extra bumper. I usually see if they put it on there twice. So like, yeah, your the religious preference as Christian. But then if they also maybe include somewhere on there in their question prompts, like something about God, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I, this is a little more reliable, you know? And so, yep. and then I'll bring it up. I'll ask them my favorite kind of incognito question is what are your three favorite things to do on the weekend? And the reason I ask this is because it gives, if they don't say church. Yes. That, so it gives them three opportunities. Huh. It, they can share with me like things that they do, maybe something they're, you know, they love hiking or they love this that, and the other. But if they don't say something to do with community, church, whatever, I'll be like, huh, that's interesting. But what's what it still gives me an opportunity to do is usually they ask back. And that's when I will definitely share as one of my things, you know, church, community. And I'll be like, yeah, I saw on your page, you're Christian. I mean, like, that's so awesome. What church do you go to around here? And I just like kind of casually go at it that way because, you know, I'm assuming because I see it on their profile that I can ask about it because they've already kind of said they're Christian, you know? So, yep. and then it's a way to bring it up that's not like super intense, but still, you know, Owning the fact I am a Christian, I want to talk about you being a Christian. Let's do that. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. That's so smart. I never <laughs> even thought of that. It's been like my incognito question that I've now shared with. I think I've shared it on the podcast before. I don't know, but I love that question. It's like my way to get in on, hmm, what do you really like? Do you go to church? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now everyone listening will know. Yes. <laughs> Hey friends, question for you. Do you have any problems with balance in your life? I've recently been incredibly inspired by John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It is so good, you guys. You need to read it. But within that book, John Mark proposes a question that I want to ask you right now. Who are you becoming by the things you are doing? Think about it. Everything we do is a decision. How we spend our time and our money is an indication of the things we truly value. So my next question for you is this. Upon waking in the morning, what is the first thing that you do? Do you immediately go for your phone and start scrolling or emailing? Or what about at night? Do you have every intention of going to bed at a good hour, but instead find yourself on Instagram? If the first thing you do when you wake up or go to bed is look at your phone, then try this instead of checking social media. Open the Abide app and start your day or end your day in the spirit and peace of God. You guys, I have loved discovering and using the Abide app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. And overall, Abide users have reported less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and even better sleep. Doing daily meditations has been a game changer for me as I manage the chaos that sometimes feels like my days. Abide's daily meditation is based on biblical scripture and will center you and draw you closer to God. And guess what, you guys? For a limited time, Heart of Dating listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co forward slash heart. What I also love about Abide's meditations is that they even start at two minutes long. So they're really easy to fit into your schedule and pop on in the middle of a busy workday. They feature topics like overcoming anxiety, managing stress, addiction and recovery, finding forgiveness, and so many other things. So friends, start today with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co forward slash heart. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and so many more things. I'm so excited to be offering this to you guys because I just love to really enrich your life with things that have personally also helped me. So again, that's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash heart to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. To your point also earlier, like God can work through technology. I mean, Hannah, we wouldn't have our platforms, right? In many ways, if it wasn't through, te- it wasn't yeah. for technology, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's that element. And I think a lot of people too are like, for some weird reason, ashamed to say that they've met someone online. And I've had a yeah. lot of people say that to me, like, Kate, I may be open to online dating, but like, I don't want to sh- tell people I met if I meet someone online. I don't want that to, that to be how, I don't want to tell that story. 
Yeah. And I don't know where that shame comes in because Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we met on a dating platform, but like, it doesn't, like I said, like it really doesn't make our love story any different. Like he, we talked back and forth and then we exchanged numbers and then we, he picked me up for the first date. And from that point forward, like we were in a regular dating relationship and like we both decided to like delete the app, you know? And so the app served its purpose, but I, I just don't know. Like, I think that what I love about like online dating apps is that it allows you to at least figure out, like if you're on an online dating app, like you're on it for a reason. So at least like you guys can both establish from the very beginning, like I'm on this because I more than likely want to date and meet somebody. And like, what's the shame in that? Like, what's wrong with being able to admit that as opposed to like meeting someone at an event and like not getting to put up front, like, oh, it's complicated. I'm not ready for a relationship, all these things. Because honestly, I think if you're going to go on an online dating app and then you're going to use the excuse that you're not ready for a relationship, you probably just should stay off the dating apps. (laughs) Amen, girl. Jeez. Like, seriously. I mean, and people do that, but that's going into the bucket of people who don't have the best intention. And I think that, yeah, there are people that misuse online dating for sure. But it's, I mean, there's also Christians, I would say that almost if we base some Christians the way some Christians show up and act on the whole of Christianity, it's not fair. Right. And because there's some extremists out there or some people who I just don't really align with. And I wouldn't want someone. And I do have friends that aren't Christian that see those people and they're like, Oh, I, I see all of Christianity that way. And that makes me really sad. But I think Mm, we're actually doing that with online dating. We're like, Oh, we met one bad guy or we see people who have bad intentions and therefore all of online dating is bad that isn't the case. And (laughs) I think it does it such a disservice to categorize one to a handful of bad experiences or seeing people, even profiles of people who maybe, you know, you know, it's not a fit for you. Maybe they're on there for a different, not a reason that you wouldn't be on there for, but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. everyone is on there for that reason. Totally. I totally agree with you. And so you can't really control obviously like why somebody is on there, but like you can control the reason why you're on there. And like, you can be smart enough. Cause like, I mean, I had a friend who for years like met or was on dating apps and it was kind of like an addiction for yeah. her, you know? And so she'd take herself off. She put herself back on again. She'd take herself off. She put herself back on again. And it's like, honestly, it's like any kind of addiction, whether you have like an issue with food, whether you have an issue with social media, like, I'm a big believer that like the whole like going off of something cold turkey doesn't work like unless you have no intention of ever going back to that thing. And so I'm more so like, okay, like if you find yourself kind of leaning on these dating apps as like a crutch, then I think that we need to establish better boundaries for it, you know, because like hopefully if the dating apps do what they're supposed to do, eventually like you will meet somebody and like, you won't need to be on them anymore. But I think there's also like that danger of like, now all of a sudden we have so many options and those options happen to be people that I think it's easy to plant this thought in your head of like, oh no, like what if like, this isn't the right person and the right person is still out there? Like, what if there's a better option out there? Mm, Right. And that's what that comes into, like the consumeristic mentality. Oh, there's always going to be something better, right? Uh, Always. Yeah. I love that. And something in your story too, Hannah, that we, you shared with me is, you know, a lot of women are afraid to show a guy interest or really any interest at all. We kind of sit in our corner and we're like, he, he needs to come over to us and we can't, you know, do anything because then it won't be the man pursuing me. But I am a huge <laughs> proponent of dropping the hanky, showing guys we're interested and we need to be able to do that. Um, and the listeners know I, I talk about this. And I, you know, in your story, you kind of did that with your man. Um, first of all, we've also never shared what app you met on. Will you share what app it was and then kind of what it looked like when you did match and how you kind of dropped the hanky on him? Yeah. So we met on an app called Hinge. Woohoo! <laughs> and I, I think it's like, I think it's called Hinge because like, 
you have like a mutual friend on Facebook that's yes. like the door hinge to the two of you. Yes. Um, and it's funny because like the mutual friend is like one he's a guy I went on a date with and like didn't like at all. And like <laughs> Lane knew him through like business or something. So it's always like funny because it's like, well, he if we both have the choice, we might not be like Facebook friends with him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he I got on the app and I'd been on some dating apps before. And my now husband, he had never been on a dating app before. And it was his friend who put him on the dating app and was like, dude, like you have not dated in like years because he would, he would take a girl out on a date and then they would never go out again because he just knew like if he knew he wasn't going to entertain a second date or a third date, you know, like, it's like, I'm not going to waste your time. Like you're not the one for me. And so I remember, I totally remember like everything about this. It was my brother's um, wedding weekend. I was in Connecticut and I got matched with him and I was like, okay, like if he doesn't reach out, like I'm, I'm going to give him 24 hours and then I'm going to reach out to him. Yeah. Cause I was like, he's just, he's so cute. Like I, I have to date him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I want to find out more. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know more. And he like, obviously like didn't reach out because he like wasn't being very active on it. And, uh, I reached out to him and I like, basically like, Oh, it was the stupidest like pickup line ever (laughs) because I, I, they gave me all of these like, um, icebreaker questions and I was like oh there's some pretty tempting icebreakers that I could use here and all he responded back with was try me so I just was like okay and I asked him I was like what is your biography in five emojis like (laughs) that was one of the icebreaker questions and he literally just like sent back five emojis not like a hey how are you nothing just five emojis and I'm like (laughs) what am I supposed to do with this like oh my gosh, like he's making this so hard for me. So then I had to like get into this whole like creative zone of like, I basically was like, you know, like good thing I'm like a world-class emoji interpreter. And so like, (laughs) I'm going to tell you a little bit about your life now. And I like built this story for him about his emojis and then was like, and now I'm going to, now you need to do the same for me. And I sent him five emojis. Like I basically forced this on him. Oh my gosh. That is also so creative and so four of you for bringing up the Enneagram. I love you. (laughs) So uh, from these five emojis, I'm going to create this entire drawn up dialogue in my mind. I love it. It's awesome. I didn't have a choice. I was like, he was so like, he was just acting so cool, you know? And I think that really like broke the ice for us. And like from that point forward, we were just like, oh, it was, it was the best feeling of like, you'd get to the end of the day and like, there'd be like several like paragraphs waiting for you. And like, you know, it just was this really sweet thing, but yeah, I totally made the first move. (laughs) Go girl. I love it. All the ladies listening. Come on. I think my, my point with this is, you know, I, I don't think that if a woman shows and initiates in some way, it doesn't mean that the guy cannot pursue her. I think we have a stigma around that. Speaking of online dating Christian stigmas, like I -hmm. think if you are like, I'm reaching out and then I'm going to plan the entire date and ask you out and then plan the second date. Okay, girl, like let's, I mean, I mean, that's okay if that's what you want to do. But like, if you desire to be pursued, then don't take the reins in that capacity, but opening the door, showing interest, trying to steward some dialogue to make the person comfortable. I think that is totally fine. And so many guys these days, just like they really are intimidated because they, I think there's more fear of rejection in men now than there ever has been, to be honest. And, and because we're terrifying. Yeah. Women are terrifying. Yes. Like, and especially women in the church. I'm sorry. But we put so much pressure on men and dating within community brings up its whole bag of like kind of crap for no better word because if you date one guy and it doesn't go well girls are like gonna go talk to other girls and be like well this guy like no 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 and he broke it off with me and like eh. and then that guy feels blacklisted from asking anybody else out and it may not even be a true representation of him because we're taking things personally and it's just not it's making men like I've had literal guys tell me I love the girls in our church. I won't ask any of them out. I only really go online because I'm afraid of the women in our church that they're going to talk about me. 
Well, yeah, because then if you go out with somebody and it doesn't work and you ask another girl out, you become the guy that asks everybody out, you know, like, and you also don't want to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, though, it's so we have to find a way to realize that our brothers are a little more afraid today than they have been. And I want to also encourage the guys to like, yeah, get out there more guys like have do it together, pump each other up. Like, let's get rid of the stigmas of the fears of rejection that I know are really high right now. But ladies, at the same time, we got to know that, you know, sometimes we just need to open the door for the guy. We need like, not actually, Mm -hmm. but like give them an open door, green light. Hey, I'm interested in you a bit. What do you make of that? You know, exactly. And like, I maybe opened that door first of conversation, but like, from that point forward, in no way did I feel like I led the relationship. Like he was the one that planned the first date. He was the one that like asked for my number. He was the one that like picked me up for the dates. And so it's like, he totally led, um, which was something that I wanted, but like I, I opened the door. Yeah. That's so good. And so you guys met online, you talked for a bit. It didn't, I assume it didn't take too long for you to then like find a way to meet in person. (laughs) Yeah. So we met, um, yes, we met online in October and then probably about two weeks later is when we had our first date. And then, yeah, we, we dated until we got engaged in July and then married in December of that following year. So it's pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. And I I do think that everyone's timeline is different. It so depends on your age, your level of community, like the level of security, discernment, like all the stuff. I love it. Now, within this concept of just dating as a Christian, and we kind of even talked about it, this whole, you know, I think women do put a lot of pressure on men, but there's that one specific thing that if you aren't a Christian, I always find it's so funny. We use such interesting Christian words, especially (laughs) in dating that like non-Christians are like, what are you talking about? Guard her heart. What? Like people are like, I don't know what that even means. You know, obviously funny ones leave room for the Holy Spirit. That's like, wow. But um, there's so many of them. Intentional. Uh, Yes, be intentional. I want to be intentional with you and pursuing you. All of these words that are very loaded. Loaded Christianese. And one of those is spiritual leadership. And like someone outside the church is like, what, what, what that, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we're seeing it happen on The Bachelor right now. Uh, Yeah, oh my gosh. So can you, I know you have some thoughts around these terms, especially the spiritual leader term. I'd love to just kind of hear some of what you think about all this. (laughs) Yeah, so, so I became a Christian when I was 22 years old. I like it's a very different experience when you're like I guess like growing up every Sunday and really like your life is all about faith as opposed to like when you make a decision later in adulthood to like jump into this thing, you know. Yeah. Um and so coming into the churches when I realized that there was all this all of all of these unsaid rules about dating and if somebody was going to ask you on a date that meant that they were interested in pursuing you for marriage and I was like what like wait what like it's coffee that's what this is you know like and I I I didn't even understand at first if guys were asking me to coffee I just assumed they wanted to grab coffee I didn't think that they were like vetting me for their future wife status um so there was like a lot of stuff that I had to learn and one of those terms was that idea of a spiritual leader. Like I want a man that can be like the head of the household and he can lead spiritually. And like, you know, my mom has always said to me, like she has always prayed that like I would be with a Christian man. And I totally understand why she has said that because I think that if you are doing the opposite, if you're missionary dating, if you're trying to date somebody in the hopes that they will then come to love Jesus through you, I would tell you like, Mm, I I mean, I just would take my hands away from that because I, there are a few people, it is a very small percentage of people that I like within their stories were really called by God in order to be with a person that wasn't a Christian, but that is not the norm. I think the norm that we have to look at is that it's like, Hey, like if you want certain things for your life, then you need to find somebody that lines up with those things, you know, like that has to be just as important to you. And if you think it's not going to be a big issue when it comes to marriage, 
it'll certainly become an issue when it comes to raising children, you know? Um, And so that was something that like she had always wanted for me. And I ended up wanting it for myself because I didn't want to have to do my faith alone. But what I experienced within the church was like a lot of people basically like looking at like my story, if I were to share my story and would immediately like look at my father and say that he wasn't a spiritual leader because even though he was a Christian, he didn't like AK, like he didn't bear fruit, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was for years and years of my parents' marriage that my dad did not do a single Christian thing. And like, it's not until in the last like 10 years that my dad has started going to church. And yet my mom like knew, she knew this is the man that I'm supposed to be with. And like, by the time they got into that marriage contract, like he had already kind of said like, yeah, this isn't as important to me as like you want it to be, you know? Um, I don't know if he said those words, but all that to say, like, I remember just being like, this is so confusing to me because my dad maybe never prayed over the family, maybe never led devotionals at night or whatever it is that you want to classify as a spiritual leader. But like, I would not, like, I would say, that my dad has brought me closer to God than like any other man that I've ever met. And it's because he could walk his talk, you know, like he honestly didn't even talk. He just walked it out. He took care of us. Like he respected my mom. Like he put her first, like he did exactly what Christ would do for the church. And that has always stuck with me because I remember thinking, okay, like some of these guys that I've dated that are Christians, like, I don't think they like fall on a bullet for me. Like they seem pretty like fragile or like they just like coat things with like these really wordy prayers. And yet I don't see them backing it up with actions. And I just remember thinking like, I don't want that. I don't want somebody who talks a big talk. Like I want someone who can walk it out like my dad, you know, who can be the one that's like, oh, you got a flat tire. I'm going to fix that. Like, oh, you need this taken care of. I'm going to do that. And like, I just think that those actions speak a lot louder than words. And I had to learn that in my dating experience in the church is that like a lot of guys will tell you what you want to hear, but not necessarily like actually be ready for that commitment of like, you are my first priority and I'm like putting you first. And yeah, it's, it's so just interesting to me because I think we all like, And I know we talked like last week about like that idea of like a spiritual leader and like, it's totally fine if maybe I'm the one that's stronger in my faith. Maybe I'm the one that reads my Bible more. Maybe I'm the one who hears God speak to me audibly more. Like that's totally okay because like my husband and I are equals in this relationship, but like I would tell any girl out there and any guy out there, like make sure that the person, what they're saying is matching up with what they're doing. Because if one doesn't match up with the other, like that's not going to end because you put a ring on it. Yeah. And I think what we're so stuck in Hannah is, and I've struggled with this. Oh, well I'm this way. So it needs to look exactly like that for the other person. Like, Oh, I go and see (laughs) multiple mentors and I connect with God in my morning devotional. I go on my worship block and I do, and I have my discipleship once a week and I do this and the other. And like that needs to, and I read at least one book a week. Like this is how he needs to be learning and growing and speaking to God and connecting. (laughs) like wait what it's not like that may be the reality that may not be the reality I can tell you like very frankly that is not our reality I am in the word every single day I'm constantly reading and growing in that area and we've had to like really push him to be in that area you know and it's not because he doesn't want it it's just because it's not a second nature to him yeah but at the same time like girl I can run my mouth and I can say things that are just not nice at all about people. And like, I'm married to literally like the kindest soul in the world who like, doesn't say a bad word about anyone. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, like he really walks out this whole, like holding your tongue and I'm sitting here in a book reading about it and yet (laughs) not being able to walk it out sometimes. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, 
do I need somebody who reads a book a week and like <laughs> leads a Bible study and this and that if like the most basic things of like respect and honoring me and like our past in life and like what he sees for my future like if that doesn't line up does that stuff matter exactly and I think there's such a I mean it really comes down to the character and the heart of the person and the way of Jesus is so much more than just church legalism it's so much more than just let's go to church on Sunday and I can even go to like Bible studies like I'm all for Bible studies but there's a level of like I actually get some of my deepest growth when I'm like one-on-one in discipleship with the person or just me and the Lord like so it's like you can go to all the Bible studies all the church all the things but the way of Jesus actually comes through intentionally meeting him your way yeah um, what's best for you and living that out in your day-to-day life and it's more than just like oh my time with Jesus it's like how do I interact with others how do I give people the benefit of the doubt how do I practice the fruits of the spirit daily in my life like I could be the best quote-unquote legalistic Christian and do all the things and have terrible fruits of the spirit I've seen that happen totally I mean like I could tell you about a bunch of people that guys that I would say for a long time, like I'd see in all the different coffee shops and they were always meeting with someone and always in their Bible studies. But it was like, also these guys like never took the time to get a job and like a job is pretty important, you know, like, (laughs) you know, like, okay, maybe stop reading your Bible and go get a job, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's (laughs) Bianca Oltoff says this all the time and her like little, I've had her on before, but just, they need a J-O-B. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, <yep. brother. laughs> exactly. Like, that's important to me. And like, I'm like, if I'm, I'm not going to date you if you don't have a job. Like, yes. I, I just, I can't, I can't, I don't care how spiritual you are. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Come to LA, girl. This is hilarious. You'd love it in the most hilarious way. With I'm the- sure it's probably, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities of like that whole, like almost like hipster Christianity yes. that like, yes, you'll oh. find them in the coffee shop with the local roaster. And like, they're like <laughs> reading Job in the corner, like with their skinny <laughs> jeans on. And it's like, there was a time where I was like very enamored by that. And then I was like, this is a facade. Like this is all just a facade. And if if the things on the inside are not lined up, like I don't want to marry this. Exactly. And it's it becomes very internally focused, like self-focused. Like it's all yeah. about my quiet look. time, my the my look, how I'm perceived by others and I think we just, it, it's really all about balance is what we're trying to get to. Like this needs to be balanced. like we do it too. Girls yeah. do it too. Oh, like, yeah. oh, like let me just Instagram all of this and like, yes. and <laughs> let me good. highlight this and have a highlight this and then I can show everybody that I highlighted this part. And like, I mean, I get it all the time in my direct messages of like, what translation of the Bible is that? What highlighter did you use? Like all this stuff. And it's like, hold up, hold up. Like... <laughs> If we took away the screens, is this real? Like, who are you when you're not on the screen? And, like, bring that person to the table. And, like, you know, it's, yeah. Or we we could post all the Christian quotes we want and not be living them out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's where I think it's, like, hard with, like, the dating. Because it's, like, well you can, you can fool somebody for a while. And, like, you honestly could not even know that you're fooling yourself. But, like... If the intention is dating to eventually get married, like marriage is really hard and it's constantly a trial and like you are constantly having to learn how to like sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and serve and all of these things. And it's like, well, at that point, it doesn't matter what Bible quote you've Instagram, like <laughs> it better be rooted deep in the both of you or yes. like your priorities are going to go in opposite directions. Yes. The quote won't mean anything if it's the not connected quote, to your heart. <laughs> like, you in the coffee shop in the corner is not going to mean that you guys are not like that you guys can buy a house. It yeah. just doesn't you know, just, oh. I love it. And I think that we really do need to look at the balance of all of this and just level set our expectations. It's okay to have a level of standards. Like we talked about, like be real with, if you're online, like, you know, be real with your desire that faith is my value. Being a Christian faith is my value. And I want to date someone yeah. of the Christian faith, but I would say be, you know, really just pay attention to their character beyond that because, and that's been a challenging thing for me that I've even had to learn and that I'm, 
still coming to learn of like, oh, I'm okay if it looks different. If they're showing up in these Mm -hmm. actionable ways, like showing through action, their character, their heart, that their actions prove that they're more like the way of Jesus than just like what I think on paper legalistically it should look like in their process of connecting to God, you know? Totally. And like, I think too, like that's like the heart of somebody and like how they are, like that matters a lot more than whether or not they do fit into that unquote facade like whether they have like the fancy jeans or like you know or they wear khakis like give the guy in khakis a chance praise god yes you know like lane loves to wear bolo ties i hate bolo ties like i just hate them with a burning passion and like and my friends thought it was hilarious like my friends have like given him bolo ties over the years um because he'll wear this dumb bolo tie and then like everybody will give him compliments on it but like the deal breaker could not be the bolo tie you know like it couldn't be and I do see that in a lot of like young women of like oh well you know he just doesn't dress how I want him to dress and like really girl like that's really what we're gonna that's the hill we're gonna die on like yeah the hill we're gonna die on is that he wears cargo shorts right I mean and I'm not a huge cargo short yeah let him wear flip-flops let him wear (laughs) flip-flops tacos oh my gosh (laughs) oh tacos yep yep girl welcome to California (laughs) (laughs) this is so fun Hannah I love you I love that we just got to go through just so many different stigmas, whether it's online and in real life. Just I honor the walk that you that the way you're walking out your journey with God and how real and authentic you are with that. Uh, just within this interview and just how you lead your ministry. I mean, it's it's beautiful. And I love that we can talk about this because dating everyone who's listening to this podcast always is like, I want a hard, fast way to do things. I'm like, guys, it's not a hard, fast way to do things. You have to Mm -hmm. get yourself right. Check your intentions. Like we even with online, all the things and have no uh, idea of what you're looking for, but also not have such rigid expectations that nobody can measure up to it. Or that if it goes a little bit awry, you're onto the next thing. The there isn't a process. Every person is different with different experiences, with different baggage, with different like it, upbringings. Like we can't, ha- we don't have a one size fit all process. And so I just, I love to have these honest, real dialogues. I'm so grateful for you, Hannah, for your story. I love that you met your man on Hinge. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Hinge. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I ask every listener the same last question that I'm going to ask you now, which is okay. just what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Ooh. Let's see. What's the final nug? Um, <laughs> well, I think we've touched on it like throughout the episode, but like I was saying at the very beginning, like when I, you know, like when God totally like had me walk the path of like becoming like a business owner at a really young age and being an entrepreneur and really just having to like girl boss it. Like, I think the nugget is that like the right person, um, is not going to make you feel like less of yourself or like you need to be less of yourself in order to like fit in their life. Like I've definitely dated people who had a vision that they would marry someone who would be a wife and a mother and those would be the two main priorities. And like, yes, those are priorities for me, but like, I also love to work and I'm okay with like admitting that and saying like, I want that to be a part of the equation. Um, and I think for a long time, I really thought because of like those relationships I'd been in, like, okay, well then when I settle down, that's also going to mean that I'm going to put this on the back burner and I'm going to be who he needs me to be. And that's just a lie. It's just not truth. And you like, you may have to wait a little bit longer, but like the right guy that comes along is not going to be somebody who wants you to play small. Like he's going to want you to like fill up all the space you were afraid to fill up before. And so like, I just have learned that from Lane because I've, I'm like, I'm definitely the one that asks, you know, like, well, like, okay, we're going to have a baby. Like, are you okay? Like that? I still want to work and this and that. And like, he, it has never been a question to him. He has always been my biggest cheerleader, like wanting me to go harder and go bigger. And like, I definitely obviously have to always make him a priority and make him feel like a priority and make space in my life for that. But like at the same time, like never once has he wanted me to pump the brakes or 
be less of myself to make him feel more comfortable. And I think that's huge for any person out there that thinks that person isn't out there. Like they're out there. They're just like, you might have to wait a little bit longer. You may have to vet a few more people, you know, but like, do not in any way think that you have to change who you are in order to like be what somebody is looking for. Yes. That's so good. Preach. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes for men too. Gosh. And I feel like I'm like, publicly going to apologize to all the guys I've done that to after this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, you have to go see a spiritual mentor once a week because that's what I want in a man. Yep. Like yep. what? Oh gosh, oh, we've geez. all done it. We have oh, all girl. done it. Like, and I'm going to apologize. Anyway, girl, you're incredible. If people want to connect with you on social or online, how do they find out about you and your books? And um, I know your next book coming out next January. Hey, hey. I love it. Um, but how do they connect with you? Yeah, it's everything is Hannah Brencher. So hannahbrencher.com and then Hannah Brencher for social media handles and all of that leads to the blog and the books and all the good stuff. Yay. I love it. (laughs) Girl, thank you so much. You are incredible. Soul Sisters for show. And we could talk for hours on here. We could like do a whole second interview. I have no doubt about it. I love that. But you're about to have a baby. So early congratulations on that too. Thank you. Yay. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Y'all, how fun is Hannah? And how wise was that conversation, right? I just loved hearing about how her story unfolded with her current husband, Lane. She was so hesitant about online dating at first, and she just wanted her story to be set in a specific way. But I love that God had other plans. I'm curious to learn, have you had the same hesitations that Hannah had about online dating? And with that, are you open to challenging these mindsets to see online dating as good and something that God can and does work through? Also, are you willing to persevere and not let one bad online dating experience affect your entire view of online dating? You guys, now is the time more than ever that if you need it, press and take an online dating reset. This is it. I hope this episode helps you to debunk your fears about online dating while also encouraging you to try it. All right, y'all, sending you so much love your way right now. We adore you. Come connect with us. Let us know how we can best support you during this time. And we will see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.